0: What's up, how's everybody doing? It's good to be here with you. This is week four of our That's What He Said series. I'm Pastor Joseph. I'm the student ministries pastor here. and We're gonna kick right in. To start off, we had a great question on social media this week. Many of you saw it. Many of you commented. Many of you had amazing responses. The question was, what's the most disgusting thing you've ever had to clean? If you haven't gone and you're okay with interesting stories and you haven't gone and read these yet, I would say go to social media pages and make sure you take some time to read through these. We only got to pick a few of them to highlight, um, but what's the most disgusting thing you've ever had? The first one is power washing a hog confinement worst job ever this takes me back does anybody else remember dirty jobs micro this is like a dirty jobs on micro special like we're power washing hog confinement the excrements of hogs are just pounding and pouring everywhere I'm like I hope (laughs) I hope I hope this person wore goggles don't let us know if you didn't okay moving on it's a tie between children's vomit off the back seat We've all been there, if you've been a parent. And floor of my car and a kiddo who took their diaper off during nap time and finger painted the walls with poo. (laughs) This is just the next Picasso. I was like, just buy them some paintbrushes, some materials. They won't have to use it themselves. By the way, I also asked um, when we we had four different examples. I said, could you put this one at number two? It was there. It's too easy. I know it's low floor, but whatever. Move on. Okay, right, number three. A shaker cup that I left in the car in the hot sun for a few days. If any of you have ever done this shaker cup, what that means there's a lot of protein in there. Once you've smelled this scent, you should know by now that protein is not meant to be ingested in our bodies. Once you smell that after a few days, you're like, no, something wrong about this. All right, number four, last one. When I lived in Texas working for a realtor, cleaning out houses after renters moved out, one was so bad there was rotten food in the fridge and roaches, hundreds of roaches, it made my skin crawl. The only issue I have with this one is made my skin crawl. That's not enough justification for hundreds of roaches crawling out. Like burn the house, like, right? Like just torch the whole house, burn it. We're done with the house. It's over. That was awesome. But I love the question, what's the most disgusting thing you've ever had to clean? See, disgusting can come in a lot of forms in life. In some ways, we've been, dealt, we've been uh, taught how to deal with disgusting or with dirt in a lot of different ways. And what I love about Jesus and what I love about the Bible is the Bible never steered away from the dirty matters. The Bible never steered away from disgust. Jesus never steered away from. Actually, he he went in on them. and, and, And he was rarely, if ever, talking about the physical dirt like we just talked about because we like to talk about this and this is fun and this is comfortable and this is safe. But what Jesus often talked about was the internal dirt. He talked about what's really going on on the inside. He was not talking about stuff that gets on us, but instead stuff that gets in us. Stuff that gets in us. He's talking about anger. He's talking about selfishness. He's talking about lust. He's talking about the stuff ultimately no one else can see. And most of the time, we've been taught really poorly how to deal with the stuff that gets in us. We've been taught really poorly how to deal with the dirt, with the disgusting things in life. That might get tagged as disgusting. Most of the time, we, we, have, we have multiple entities. We have uh, these entities. Two of the primary entities, if we're sitting in this room, has been the religious entity or the entity of society as a whole. And they both have different ways of dealing with dirt. Religion loves to tell us, hide your dirt. Don't ever show anybody your dirt. You should be ashamed of your dirt. The fact that you even thought about the dirt is wrong. What were you thinking about the dirt for? I don't know. It just po- popped in my head. Well, what were you thinking? I don't know. I wasn't thinking at all. That's the problem. You were supposed to be thinking about Jesus. But I wasn't. Well, that's the problem. And so in religion, like at its worst, at its worst, sometimes in, in the medieval times, right, at, 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 at some of religion's worst moments, they were literally... Uh, priests that would walk away from priesthood were literally getting crucified in order to purify themselves. They had chambers set up for kings where kings could go to and sit before the Lord and whip themselves or beat themselves because religion 's dictation was don't let anybody let don 't let anybody know about the dirt. hide the dirt, be ashamed of the dirt, be, conceal the dirt, do it anything you can because if the dirt does, does pile up and does start to flood over. And so, right, this is what we do. We hid the dirt, we hide the dirt, we keep it concealed. Don't show anybody your dirt. Don't let anybody know about your dirt until finally what happens? The dirt starts to flood over. We can't help it. It starts to flood over. And then religion teaches us the best lesson because we watch the person where it did flood over and it looks gross and it looks nasty. And what does religion do? chastises it, punishes it, right? And so we're taught the same lesson, the same lesson, which is hide it. Do whatever you need to do to hide it. On the other side, society, don't hide your dirt. Show off your dirt. Your dirt's amazing. Your dirt is probably who you really are. You do you. How dare you think that your, your dirt is bad? It's, if it's coming from our inside, listen to your heart. <laughs> if it's calling to you, listen to your heart. I don't know where it's going, and I don't know why, but listen to your heart. Before he tells you goodbye. <laughs> That's <was> terrible. <laughs> we love the dirt. I, you, know, we get you Your dirt so good. Just get that dirt poured in there. Just love on your dirt and keep your dirt in there and do whatever you want to do with it. Oh, until it pours over the top and now it's gross and it's nasty and it dirtied the cup and it dirtied the plate and society ultimately comes to the same conclusion which is actually once it's poured over and it's gotten all over your mess has gotten all over my life i'm not okay with your dirt i was okay with it as long as it stayed inside but I'm not actually okay with it. Once it starts to come outside, once it starts to affect my life, I said, be you. You said, be you. And then, and then you went and had an affair on me. Wait a second. What were you doing? You said to be you. I was f- felt that way. I didn't mean to feel your way into that. I didn't mean to be okay with yourself to that extent. I didn't mean to be okay with your dirt to that extent. I, w- I said, I said, be you. I said, do your dirt thinking on my terms. I didn't mean your dirt when it, comes to, when it comes to anger that's uncontrollable. I didn't mean your dirt when it comes to abusive tendencies. I didn't mean your dirt with a minor. I didn't mean your dirt with, with an affair. I didn't mean your dirt. I meant your dirt on March. T- and ultimately, society has the same effect, the same external effect, which is you're canceled. You become a bad punchline to a bad joke when it's done publicly. And we ultimately come down to the same thing. So what do we learn? Grab a sponge. And as it pours, be frantic about your approach to clean up the mess. Is my cup looking okay? Is it looking okay? Is it looking okay? Is it looking okay? I don't want anybody to to shame me. I don't want anybody to punish me. Is Is it looking okay? Is it looking okay? Is this one looking okay? How's it looking? I can't stop that. I can't. I just, I, is it, it's just got to be better. I just got to be okay. I just got to be cleaned up on the outside. But Jesus does it differently. Jesus has this completely different approach. Instead of dealing about just dealing on the outside, Jesus is like, let's talk about what's on the inside. Jesus revolutionized it. Jesus was like, hey, instead of shaming you for the dirt, Jesus said, I won't shame you for the dirt. I don't want to hate you for the dirt, but we're definitely not going to ignore this. We can't ignore it. And he revolutionized it in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25 through 26, he says this revolutionary thing. He's talking to the teachers of the law. He's talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders at the time. And he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish just like we just saw. But inside they are full of dirt. Greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. Blind, what are you doing? Can't you see what's happening? Can't you see the frantic approach this is taking? Can't you see the negative effects this is having on your life? First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Jesus simplifies it with, with the simplification of just clean the inside. Let's clean the inside of the cup. In a world obsessed with the outside, Jesus says, let's take care of the inside. And the inside he's talking about is your heart. I could go into all types of context with Matthew 14 and Matthew 7 and 8 and all these different scriptures and we could bounce back and forth. But the ultimate inside he's talking about is the heart and, the, and, and maybe even more so the intent and the motives of your heart. The why behind what your responses, what your actions are, are meaning. What's going on behind the scenes? What's going on with no, when nobody else sees it? What's the thing that, that, that keeps bringing up anger that you haven't let anybody know about yet? That nobody sees, that you haven't even really wanted to acknowledge? What are the lustful desires going on? What's, what's, what's the why behind those stuff? Not just the fruit of it, but the deeper roots. What's going on in the motives of your heart? And here's the deal. Again, our hearts are capable of so much. But again, religion's going to tell you your heart is only capable of evil and terrible intent. And this is why they shame it. And this is why we should never talk about it. And society is going to tell you, no, your heart's amazing. It's the overflow in the spring of life and wish upon a star. and, And we don't know where we're going, but come on. Thank you. But Jesus, a Jesus-centric view, and all throughout Scripture, it actually tells us something different. It tells us something beautiful. It tells us our hearts are capable of being terrible and evil. Jeremiah seventeen nine: the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? It's right here, right? I got to do this. Matthew chapter 15, 18 through 19, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. That's Jesus talking. Our hearts are capable of being terrible and evil. But our hearts are also capable of being pure and undefiled. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart. O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. First Samuel sixteen seven says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He's talking to Samuel about David, and he goes on to pick David based on David's heart. So it can't be just evil. And lastly, Matthew 22, verse 37. This is beautiful. Jesus replied, Jesus speaking again, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. Jesus said, love God with all your heart. If it was only capable of being evil, why would God ask you to love him with it? No, the beauty of what we find in a Jesus-centric view is to love God, is, is that our hearts are not, ter- are not just evil and terrible and our hearts are not simply pure and undefiled. Our hearts are actually capable of, of both. Our hearts are ultimately a result of what we give our time, our money, and our attention to. Yeah. Our time, our money, and our energy is ultimately what creates our hearts. Ultimately, our hearts are malleable, they can shift, they can course correct, they can change, and this is really good news some weeks, and this can be really bad, tragic news some weeks, and our hearts consistently out us, both good and bad. Because out of the overflow, the mouth speaks. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, God's your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 27.19, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. What's that mean? That means if you've opened your heart to bitterness, a lifestyle of anger is sure to follow. You can't cheat it. If you've opened your heart to lust, a bunch of lustful desires will start to flow out of it, out of your life. On the other hand, if you've opened your heart to empathy, compassion will be sure to follow. If you've opened your heart to purity, purity will start to follow. Protecting people versus exposing them will start to follow. What's, the summation is whatever we open our hearts to is who we become. It becomes the essence of who we are, what we do, and how we talk. And how we talk is one of the greatest first indicators of who we are internally. In other words, this might be a great moment for some of you to start catching yourself with some of the things you've said over the last week to go, ooh. Or, wow, I'm doing pretty good. And if you're not sure, ask the person closest to you. They'll be sure to let you know exactly where you're at. Here's why all this is so important to understand this is really very simple and yet profound. If you have given your heart to purity, if you have given your heart to holiness, if you have given your heart to godliness, then you are pure. Holy and godly. We accept this. And yet, if you've given your heart to evil and evil intent, then you're living in evil. If it works this way, then it works this way. And here's the thing let me say this it's okay. It's okay, it's okay that I'm evil? It's okay that I've given myself to evil and evil intent? Why is that okay? Because your heart is still malleable. It can course correct. It can shift. All you have to do is start giving your heart toward God. And he will shift it for you. It can be reversed. It's only too late if you refuse to change. The terms are on you to go before the Lord. It's only on you. If you, if, if you refuse to change, to shift, to course correct, then you'll be stuck there. And if you think that you can keep a, a pure face, but an impure heart, God sees the intent always. This is what his issue with the Pharisees. Blind Pharisee, what are you thinking? You think that you can cover it? God knows. This is the person you're ultimately trying to please. And you think he doesn't see this? You're blind. And number two, it will eventually surface. There's a verse in scripture that says, anything done in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. At times that should haunt us. It will come to surface. It can't not boil over just like we saw here. It can't help it. You're pouring it in. And if you think you can accept your evil heart, this is is where we're at in society. We think we can accept our evil heart. We think we can make it socially acceptable to society and to God. And firstly, to society, my question for you, if you're in the room thinking you can continue on in this journey, for how long? How long will you last? Eventually, it will bubble over and they will cancel you for that dirt. They will throw you to the side. They've done it to better... They've done it to bigger, they've done it to more important men and women than you. And here uh, many of us in that in that arena trying to make it socially acceptable, what you're actually caught in is a constant cycle of anxiety. A constant cycle. Some of you in depression. You're looking over your shoulder. When's it going to come? When's it going to come? When's it gonna, I know they're going to cancel me eventually. I know I, I can't. You can't go into the dirt expecting to, to make it socially more socially acceptable. Eventually that will come. And you know that. You know that even whether consciously it's subconscious. And so you're constantly looking over your shoulder. And so what you need to do is if you're going to continue to live in that pattern, just accept anxiety will always be your partner in life. But if you want to be freed from that pattern, God has something for you. Today, with the time we have left, I just wanna cover three steps to cleaning the inside. I wanna just talk about the dirt and look at the dirt and go, wow, we're all dirty. You're dirty, I'm dirty, he's dirty, she's dirty. No, like, let's talk about, well, what do we do with the dirt? So I want to cover three steps to cleaning the inside, to setting your heart on a good path, or maybe best put, covering three steps to deal with our dirt. Before I get into it, I just want to remind us, there is only one entity that ultimately can cleanse us of the dirt. The three steps are not like, follow these without God and you will be clean. It doesn't work like that. He is the one that cleanses us. He is the one that invites us into the process. We are the one that that we accept the invitation and we walk it out with him. He does the work. We do some of the work. He invites us into doing the work. Number one, the first one is I must acknowledge. Acknowledge I'm not okay. This is simple. I must acknowledge I have dirt inside of me that needs cleaning. This is what's going on internally unfiltered. I call it agreeing with reality. If we just use one of these cups as an example, it's simply walking over to the mug, wanting some coffee in the morning, walking over, looking at this mess and going, that's dirty. Before I pour coffee in that, I'm probably gonna wanna clean this out. This is simple, it's acknowledgement, but it's when we're talking about the coffee cup, everybody can agree, is this dirty? But when we start talking about our lives, it somehow becomes painfully hard to admit this truth. We're dirty. We're dirty. You're dirty, I'm dirty. You're sinful, I'm sinful. We've got issues. Guess what? As much as we could create the best one hour long experience every weekend to do this, guess what? To meet with God and be in his presence. We still have to walk out those stupid doors every week and there's more people out there and there's more dirt out there and they keep messing with our plans to stay perfectly clean. God knows this. I think he's really at peace with it. He's actually more okay with it than we are. And again, he's just simply, can we just talk about the fact that this is dirty? No, 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 no. I'm not dirty. I can't do it, God. You're dirty. Acknowledge it. One thing I want to help us with this is I, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend or encourage us invite you into being specific. Yeah. Be specific with your dirt. List it out. Maybe this is writing it out. Maybe this is talking it out. But don't take your don't take it easy on yourself. You will be you will be glad. It will benefit you in the long run to not take it easy on the first step. Do when you acknowledge the dirt, list it out. I am selfish. I am lazy. I have sinned in this way and that way and this way and that and also that one and parentheses on this one over here I forgot to not da- get it all out. I would encourage you if you can if you have a journal at all, no pad and paper, write it out and be specific with what is it, what it is, with what's going on internally. Again, the unfiltered truth Agreeing with reality. It's not that I want it this way. It's not that I like it this way. It's that it is this way. It is. Number two, once you've acknowledged it, assess where it's coming from. Assess where it's coming from. I think we've got a lot of great people. Some of us, as Christians maybe have gotten to the point where we, we have acknowledged it and we've even emptied it out, right? But then too often, some of us, we still have the source of where it's coming from and it's still tapped into us. And so what we've done is we've transferred from going frantically internal scrubbing to frantic internal cleaning, because the source just keeps pouring and it keeps pouring and we're like, oh no, if I don't keep this up, it's going to fill up and that sponge is dirty. And now I need this sponge is already dirty. Some of you know in your own life, you're like, that's me. It's not to the point where it's bubbling up over. It's not to the point that I don't acknowledge it. I come home every day, acknowledge it. God, I'm still dirty. The It stinks. It was their fault, but I ain't got it on me. (laughs) (laughs) But we haven't assessed where it's coming from yet. This is filtering where those feelings, where those things are coming. If you're feeling selfish, if you're feeling lazy, if you've sinned in that way, where is my selfishness coming from? Do you feel not taken care of? Do you feel like nobody sees you? Guess what? As long as you feel that way, you can keep emptying the cup. You can keep acknowledging that you're dirty. And this thing will keep filling up because you haven't taken care of the source of where those feelings are coming from. Why am I sitting in that way? Many sins have different roots. Don't simply look at the fruit, but look to the root. What's going on? Why? That's the question. Assessing is always about Why? Why am I lazy? Maybe you have a deep-rooted fear and some life proof that even when you do try, you fail. Why would you, if that's your belief, why would you change your habits? You have to go to the why, to the root of the source of what's actively pouring into your life. The dirt that's there. The dirt that you've allowed to sit there and keep pouring in. And then finally, thirdly, address it. Address all of it. But this is the biggest reason, this is the biggest one because God, this is addressing the root of the issues with actionable steps that you can start taking immediately. But this is the one that God, he's in every single step. But I just want you to know that this is the one that's impossible without him. This message is not a message that's just a nice, cute, fun, dirt message for me. In the last two weeks, we've, I've been through some stuff. I've been through some dirt. I know. Oh, a pastor. And the moment that I had with the Lord on this, in this is, I sat with him I didn't have anywhere else to go. I love that, by the way, Peter's words to Jesus. Where else would we go? Only you have the words of life. Often find myself and hear myself saying that to him in the midst of the worst storms in my life. This wasn't the worst storm, but still some dirt. And as I sat there with him, I just said, God, Jesus, I I don't know what to do. I know I have this dirt. I know I have this thing going on inside of me. It's gross. It's ugly. I don't like it. I don't want to acknowledge it, but I acknowledge it. I haven't assessed it yet. I haven't figured it out. I'm not that smart, but God, would you help me? God, would you help me? And I want to encourage you today that he did. And I know that if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. There is a God in heaven. And that's the beauty of this is uh, this is the best part. He, I did not feel like he would, he was not, he is not shocked with our dirt. He is not surprised with our dirt. He is not, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got that on you. It was none of that. It was just absolutely. Let's start here. And we got to start to work on the dirt. the beauty of the way Jesus does it. We can keep subscribing to this frantic approach. Come on, clean up the dirt. It's pouring over, it's pouring over, it's pouring over, it's pouring over. And yet the pace I believe Jesus does it go, let's just acknowledge it, let's just address it. And he invites us to just clean it up. Rolls up his sleeves. Oops, they both didn't get up, huh? Pulls out the dawn soap. And he just starts getting to work. Notice the difference, right? There's no frantic approach. He doesn't take that approach with us. He gets inside and just starts cleaning it up. Normally running water makes that a lot easier, right? You know what I love about that? A lot of soap on this. Yeah, that. <laughs> the inside of the cup is clean. I didn't scrub the outside of the cup, but it's clean. When you do it Jesus' way, you don't have to work on image management. You don't have to sit there and be so high strung and sit there frantically working. Come on, just a little bit faster, just a little bit more. Come on, if you would just be better, I wouldn't have this. I mean, if you would just fix this, the self-talk about to ourselves, if you weren't just so stupid, if you weren't just such an idiot, you wouldn't have this. No, 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 none of that. Ever, all of that freezes. Jesus, would you come? I invite you. Help me. Clean this up. And he starts working on the inside. And by the time he's done, the outside just clean. My invitation for you today is simple. Invite Jesus to work on the inside. Invite Jesus to work on the inside of the dirt. Invite Jesus. Let's just be honest. We're not talking about dirt. We're talking about sin. Invite him. Acknowledge the sin, acknowledge the dirt that you have going on inside of you. Some of you in the, in the assessment category after you address it with God, after you acknowledge it to God, it's just some practical tips. Go to counseling, find somebody trusted. For those of you that have been doing this Christian walk for a while, I especially wanna invite you. Go find somebody trusted, take them through it with you. Don't keep it hidden in the dark anymore it will paralyze you. To those of you who maybe it's your first time, maybe you've never uh, gone down this path yet, but just even watching this, you know why wow, I've been trying to do this society's way. Or maybe you've been subscribed to religion's way. And you're going, I am so done with that approach. I just need to acknowledge it. I'm dirty. I've got it all over me. I want today, I want to just invite you to invite Jesus in maybe for the very first time. And all it starts with is a yes. Yes, Jesus, come in. Have some conversation with him, maybe on the ride home tonight. Tell him, talk to him about the dirt that's going on and watch what he does. I still believe so much today that he is a God of miracles. He is a God of miracles. He can do things in a week that men have been trying to do and women have been trying to do for years and decades that we have often been trying to do for decades. And he'll do it in a week. The two questions I have for you is number one, what's your dirt? Notice it's not, do you have dirt? You have the dirt. And again, like I said earlier, if you don't think you have the dirt, ask your spouse, ask your friend, ask your sister, ask your brother, ask your mother, ask your uncle. They'll all give you hopefully some, a little bit of truth. We got dirt. Number one, what's your dirt? Number two, what are you going to do about it? How are you gonna deal with it? Pray with me, God, I just thank you Thank you for this message. God, I thank you for, my, for the last even week of making this message so tangible and so real. God, I pray that you would just do what only you can do, that you would minister to the depths of our hearts. Our hearts that are malleable, that are shiftable that can course correct. God, I pray that you would expose help expose the dirt to us. Show us in ways and in layers that maybe maybe some of us aren't even aware of. God, but the whole purpose that you have for us is to reveal it so that we could get back to a place of hope. So that we could get pl- back to a place of purpose that we could get back to a place of freedom. And I pray that you would bring each one of us into that place, that you would start journeys today that haven't been started in a long time, that we continue in journeys, that you would do what only you can do, that you would bring hope, restoration, and freedom. not in spite of, not in in ignorance, not in hate, not in shame towards the dirt within, but in total love with your healing touch. I pray for that in Jesus' name. Before you go, before you go, I just felt that during my prayer and and I kind of missed that. I, the whole point that Jesus has for us in this. is not just so that we acknowledge dirt. and get cl- The point of that is there's freedom. As long as it looks like this, it's unusable. As long as it looks like this, we can't use this anymore. It's bogged down, it's messy. What are we even gonna do? Even to be able to get it somewhere, I'm gonna have to carry this and walk it back archaically. Like, what are we doing? Jesus wants to offer you a life that restores your purpose, restores your significance, restores your ability to be used. He wants to give you back your freedom. And that's why I thank him from the depths of my heart. Thank you for not ignoring it. Thank you for not ignoring it like society wanted to do. Thank you for not, for not shaming it like religion wanted to do. Thank you for wanting to out it so I could be used again. This is the hope. This is the beauty. This is the glory of what Jesus can do at at our very worst in the midst of our dirt. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. We will see you next week.